Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Passing Dimes. Really excited for today's guest. He grew up playing for the Mac Volleyball Club and went on to play for McMaster, where he's a two-time OUA champion and recently won a U-Sports bronze medal. He represented Canada on our youth team, our junior team. You know him from VNL, and he's also played at World Championships. Please welcome to the show, Sam Cooper. Sam, thanks for doing this, man. Yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for having me on. It's good to be here. Yeah, really excited to talk about your career, but. Uh, your, your name is growing in the volleyball community. I think a lot of people who are clicking on this episode probably want to get to the juicy stuff that you just signed your first pro deal to go to Poland. Uh, and the rumor mill is when you popped off in VNL and had a good game against Poland, do you think that's what put you on the radar? Or were these discussions happening uh, before you had that heck of a match at VNL? <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the discussions were, uh, were happening before that. Um, that game was definitely a confidence builder for me, though. I signed my contract right after that match. Uh, if there was any doubt in my mind after that, then uh, yeah, it was kind of it was kind of settled. But yeah, I've been uh, uh, the coach Michael Vinyarski uh, saw me play a little bit in Ottawa while I was with the B team at a symposium. But at that time, I was still going back to school, so it didn't really go anywhere. But when I sort of uh, reconsidered uh, going pro, then uh, my agent reached out to him and uh yeah things were kind of moving from there and if it's not too personal just to talk about how hard it was a decision for that for for you and your family to leave school a year early because obviously with your development you got interrupted by covid uh, obviously you've been a part of our junior national team during that time like uh, i think school has advanced that maybe you can still do it online and obviously finish your degree but uh when you finally made the decision being like i'm pro ready i want to go now like what went into that and what were some of the discussions you were having with either coaches or family or anything that went into it yeah um I mean, my plan was initially to, to stay at school and, and finish it out and, uh, and get my honors degree. Um, I have a bit of a unique situation because I was able to still graduate, uh, just switched into a different program. Um, so it's nice to still be coming away with something. Um, that definitely factored into to my decision. Uh, yeah, education is definitely important to me. I mean, it's... You know, it's a it's a nice piece of paper to have. So, uh, yeah, but I will actually be uh, be graduating with uh, with something. So, um, yeah, that's that was that was really nice. Nice, nice. And uh, I always ask the the first time guys because I'm fascinated just by the way professional volleyball works. Did your agent kind of direct you a little bit? Were you able to talk to other Canadian athletes who have turned pro? Like when you're getting offers from different leagues, what made you settle on uh, Poland being the best spot for you to start your professional career? Yeah, uh, it's certainly a lot of discussions, uh, a lot of uh, talking to people, coaches, teammates, family, obviously. And uh, yeah, for this particular um offer i was i was looking at uh this uh offer in poland i had one other offer in poland and then uh, an offer from a german team and so i was kind of choosing between this one and the german team and a couple different things went into that uh looking at playing time where i'm going to be sort of going in uh on those different teams um exposure length of contracts um i the financial side of things is is definitely important too 
and yeah, I mean the the offer in Poland uh, at at the end was uh, really made a lot of sense to me. It's uh, it's a really top top league top team, and that's where I'm looking to uh, to play. That's where I'm looking to uh, excel. And yeah, I have a I have a great coach, great support staff, and uh, solid team. So I'm going to be I'm going to be improving uh, like crazy, hopefully. So. And was coach pretty available once you expressed interest? Like, did you have many conversations about how you fit in or did those conversations happen? Like when you finally signed on the dotted line, like were you able to have some pretty in-depth conversations? So you felt like you knew what you were signing up for before you actually went through the, the process? Yeah, we, uh, we only talked once actually, but, uh, we, yeah, he was very honest with me, laid it out. Um, and, uh, definitely allowed me to sort of, make some decisions based on, uh, the information that he was, that he was giving me. So, yeah, I mean, I'll look, look forward to having more conversations with him in the future, but that was kind of all I needed. He, uh, he laid it out for me pretty nicely. And with Mac, obviously anyone who's seen you guys play, uh, knows you have a pretty dominant Polish middle, uh, was, uh, Kraj able to give you any intel on the club or what the league was like, or did you kind of leave that up to your agent to fill you in? I didn't end up uh, talking to him actually about the about the decision. I talked to a bunch of other guys uh, who I know, you know, are just experienced with contracts and and uh, also some guys who've played in Poland. So because um, he's going into his first year over there, um, I'll get to I'll get to play against him. Uh, so yeah, I wasn't I wasn't going to spill the secrets to, to him. <laughs> <laughs> nice man well, well definitely exciting and congratulations for everything you've done to get to this point uh just set the scene for me and the listeners know let's take it back to the top uh before you were a mac volleyball guy and knew what club volleyball was uh did you just fall in love with it through school sport did you have some really good teachers and coaches like what other sports were you doing before you fell in love with volleyball and decided to make that your main thing yeah uh definitely an interesting story for me i uh i remember around the time that i went to my first uh, tryout for Mac. I was trying to play hockey. I was playing house league, um, at that point and was looking to, uh, to maybe, uh, play some, some double A or something like that. Um, little did I know I was, uh, far too late to uh, get started <laughs> in the, uh, in the hockey scene. So, uh, thankfully my, uh, my mom just suggested that I go to a volleyball tryout. She said she enjoyed it. I didn't really know anything about it. I think I had played for my uh, my homeschool team um, and had you know enjoyed it pretty well. And uh, yeah, so I went to went to that first tryout and uh, and got selected. And uh, how old were you when you got selected to your first club team? Oh, let's see. I started in fourteen years, so I guess it would have been thirteen. Nice, nice, and. Uh, with Coach Preston and obviously the athletic department at Mac, were you drawn to uh, post-secondary volleyball pretty early? Because uh, it, it seems like they always do an exhibition game with an NCAA team, or obviously the team's always making playoffs. Like they, they make it pretty exciting to want to go to campus and watch a match. I'm wondering, uh, did you know what the Marauders were at a pretty young age? Like, did your club go watch many matches? Yeah, um, I forget if we. I think we were doing some like three ball stuff on the side. Some of the, the Mac uh, teams will do that. So yeah, I was definitely at, uh, at some of the games and, uh, and then I got, uh, got recruited pretty early as well. So then I was really, 
uh, invested going every match and, and stuff like that. So nice. If you had to pinpoint, cause I think sometimes uh, Canadian sport gets knocked a little bit for being behind in the recruiting, maybe compared to NCAA or some European sports. Uh, at what age did either a coach express interest or did you express interest to go play post-secondary? Uh, I was in grade 10. Um, and I went into Dave's office and we had a, a yeah, pretty candid conversation about, uh, you know, the future that he saw for me. And, uh, at that point I was kind of, yeah, working, working with the team, talking to, uh, to the guys, working, working out there, uh, doing a little bit of training and stuff with them just to get some, uh, some exposure there. And I think then I was given like an official offer, um, something to sign in like grade 11. So cool. And if you had to think about it, when you were in grade 10, were you already like six, five ish and pretty physical or were you still kind of growing into it? Uh, I mean, I was definitely pretty, pretty skinny at that point. Like I wasn't, uh, definitely wasn't too, too built, but I was, I was, uh, certainly, uh, around six, five, six, six at that point already. And was that pretty relaxing knowing that you kind of had already had a spot, like you're committed to a good program? Like when you started going to uh, like Canadian youth national team tryouts or being involved in the provincial team, was that just kind of calming? Because I think a lot of athletes try to use those programs to get on the map with other coaches. For you, was it just free to go to the gym and play and learn and be in those situations versus, oh, so-and-so is watching or this university coach is now my coach of the provincial team? Like, did, did you feel like that calmed you compared to what some of your teammates are going through? Yeah, I, I, uh, I definitely feel that that's the case. I mean, it's hard to, to tell cause I don't know it any other way, I guess, but, uh, yeah, I would, I would say that I definitely felt secure in my, uh, in my future, I guess I could put it that way. And felt like I was in a good spot. For sure, for sure. And the the youth national team, it, it's changed over the years where sometimes it's selected from Canada Cup, sometimes it's online, sometimes it's its own thing. Uh, when you finally got to crack uh, your first opportunity to play for Volleyball Canada, what was the entry point into that program? Yeah, um, we were definitely uh, in person both years. Um, it was like a two-week uh, camp sort of thing, I think, with uh, – the first a couple of days, maybe being a tryout. And then some guys were sent home and, uh, and then the team, uh, continued on. Um, I think the second year we had two teams even. So definitely, uh, yeah, big, big pool of athletes. Um, and, uh, yeah, then we went to, uh, one or two tournaments, I believe. And what was your first impression around the program? Because uh, I might be off by one or two years, but I feel like your era, you would have been lined up with like Jackson Young and Pickett and some other good Ontario guys, but then like Brody Hofer and Tias. And it just seems like you're in a pretty stacked generation for outside hitters. So uh, what was the first impressions with the trial? Like, did you feel like you belonged right away or you were going looking around being like, wow, there's so much talent at my position right now? Yeah. Um, it's a little, it was a little bit of both. I, I definitely remember in my, uh, in my first year, um, with the youth team, I, I think first and second, I, I didn't get a ton of playing time. Um, uh, so yeah, I think I, I felt like I belonged there, but I definitely was like sort of awakened to, uh, to, to the level, I guess at that, at that point, um, it was definitely a jump for me in terms of, the speed already at that point and, uh, and some of the things just, you know, jumping right out of club and, and going into that, uh, 
was a big, big leap for me. Yeah, I was just going to ask what the what the overlap was. So you would have played youth national team before your first year at McMaster, right? Yeah. And did that give you a lot of confidence going into a university team that obviously well-established, they have good players at every position? Uh, I know your recruiting process started earlier, and maybe you knew the guys and you were comfortable a little bit, but uh, did it just kind of confirm right away that you could have an impact in your first year because you were a national team guy? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think it gave me... Uh, gave me a bunch of, a bunch of confidence too. And like my teammates and, and Dave were, were really good about that as well. Just making it clear that, you know, I was there to, to push guys and, uh, and eventually earn my spot. And I definitely had that, uh, that attitude in my, in my first year, just excited to get on the floor and see what I could do. Now that you look back, obviously, uh, at the tail end of your McMaster career, how would you say Coach Preston and the other coaches and leaders on the team established that? Because one thing I always admire about McMaster is there's so much depth in the lineup and everybody wants to play and they challenge each other, but you guys also support each other, which I think is a cool feeling that uh, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of envy or jealousy, but when your number gets called, it seems like that guy's always ready. And and I don't think it happens by accident. So what are some of the conversations or meetings you're having just so you're you're rooting for the guy to do well, but if your number gets called, you don't want to give that spot back. Yeah. Uh, um, I mean, we have pretty much that exact conversation. Um, this, that sort of standard is set uh, really early on and it's, uh, it's really explicit that that's the way that the team operates. Um, so it's kind of, you know, in, uh, in the nicest way possible, it's kind of like either that's the way that, uh, you operate or uh, trains leaving the station kind of thing. And so, yeah, guys, guys buy in right away and uh, it creates a really great culture, I think, in our, uh, in our gym. And I'm trying to set the timeline of uh, who some of the vets were your first year. I think Dodie was still there setting and you would have had outsides like, uh, I think Delegadis, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, uh, Passlet. Uh, I think Craig Ireland was still there. So what was it like uh, kind of stepping into a program that had some vets and, and some leaders? Like obviously uh, Dave Preston's a fantastic coach and the coaching staff's awesome. But l- looking at that team room, man, there was some some leaders there for sure. Yeah, no, it was uh... – yeah, it uh, they they definitely brought the intensity to uh, to the gym every day, um, and yeah, I would say that's the that's the biggest thing. That uh, yeah, even for me going in there in my first year, um, that was another jump right into into McMaster and and seeing what those guys had their uh, had their sights on and uh, and the goals that they were pursuing. Um, JP as well, um, was another, uh, big one. So yeah, like working with those guys, uh, it was really clear from, from the get go, like what the, what the level was for them individually, not necessarily, you know, um, I guess related to the, to the team around them, but just the standards they had for themselves, those things kind of, uh, rubbed off on, uh, on everyone else. And your second year looks like it got interrupted by COVID. And I know it feels long ago, it really wasn't. But uh, Ontario had some weird rules about the activities you could run, how many people could be in the gym, the stopping and starting. But uh, Quebec kind of played by different rules. And then Gatineau was able to get running and run a junior national team program. So 
what was that like when your when your name got called? Because I, I understand it was a pretty it was a short list, but there was still like enough guys going around, if that makes sense. So when you get the invite from Dan Lewis to go there, are you excited or were you a little hesitant being like, man, I, I thought I had this year off from volleyball, but now I have this awesome high performance opportunity? Yeah, going in, I was uh, I was really excited. Um, it was, yeah, I think coming off of because we were at nationals when uh, when things got shut down, and so it was really abrupt end. And uh, I was going into those games uh, potentially starting, um, you know, debuting at uh, at nationals there. So it was uh, yeah, it was tough for me. And uh, when I got that. Uh, that call. I mean, you know, I, I remember like where I was and uh, what I was doing and uh, getting really excited about, uh, about that news. And uh, what was your impressions around that team? Cause I know it was a weird year and everybody was kind of off, but when you get you guys all in the gym together, uh, that was a pretty, pretty stacked lineup. And when you look back, like some of those guys are on the VNL roster with you right now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So what was the, the vibe around that? Were you guys just there and it was like a cool training environment or could you feel it was competitive and like guys were, were pretty dialed, even though it was like a COVID year training camp? Uh, having, uh, having Dan Lewis in the gym, it was, uh, wasn't necessarily an option to be <laughs> competitive or not. So, uh, we were, that was a big learning curve even for me was, uh, sustaining that, uh, that level of training, um, especially without competition. That was yeah, I think for, you know, I wouldn't speak for everyone, but I think for, for a lot of us, it was a really challenging year in that regard, like very, very different than uh, anything uh, we were used to uh, for the, for the guys that were there. So yeah, it was uh, definitely a, a privilege to be there, but also a big uh, learning experience. And what has uh, Dan Lewis meant to your development? I know you've played for a lot of great coaches, but uh, every time we have a guy who's played for Dan Lewis on the show, I love a good uh, Dan Lewis story. And the one that always stands out to me is Joey Jarvis is at FTC and Dan stops a drill and gets mad at the group. And they're kind of like the, the message being, guys, Josh is playing really bad right now, but you're not picking him up. You're not challenging him. You're not pushing him to get better. And now I have to yell at you to get yelled at Josh. And I thought that was such a cool culture piece where the, the group is responsible for each other and you're not allowed to have an off day because guys are going to dial. And I thought it was a cool message that it doesn't always come from coach, that the strength of the group really pushes training. Uh, I'm wondering what your experience was with Dan, like obviously like first impressions or, or anything that helped with your development. Definitely so many, so many good things to say about, uh, Dan, like he's, uh, it's, it's rare to find a coach who's, uh, willing to put that much in for, for his players and regardless of, of what his group is. Um, I would say that, uh, the adjustment to his style of coaching was uh, pretty abrupt for me being a, you know, a quieter guy. Um, I, uh, I definitely had a lot of learning to do in terms of, uh, yeah, getting getting coached by uh, someone as passionate as he is, um, but uh, I think I've, I've come a long way in that. And uh, yeah, technically, he has uh, really a lot to offer and is willing to go very deep uh, down into those techniques and and, uh, and tactics with you. 
And what are some strategies you've done for your own learning in those situations? Because I think it is an interesting point that he's pretty intense. And uh, I've had some athletes speak to me that uh, when things get intense, they would prefer that we talk about volleyball, that they want things to turn personal. And I'm wondering if that's something maybe you relate to as maybe a quieter guy or do you track a journal? Do you make a point to talk to him off the court so you don't feel singled out in the group? Like, uh, how would you describe how you deal with those situations? Uh, because it, it can be uncomfortable and it doesn't mean that you're not a leader and you're not a top guy but it's just not your vibe that you want to yell and scream and have conflict all the time so uh what are some things that you would recommend a younger athlete do if they find themselves in that situation yeah um i would definitely say it's uh it's good to find your your level of of being vocal it does not mean um that you have to be the you know hoorah big energy guy um, but communication on the volleyball court is a given. And so to, yeah, to find ways to communicate confidently and effectively, um, is I think really important because something I struggled with was learning, uh, what, what my level was and, uh, and also just realizing that it is a helpful thing, um, to vocalize when you're, when you're playing volleyball, um, not only for your teammates, but for yourself, because it gets you out of, out of your head, um, and into, into your eyes and into your, into your play. Um, and that was a big thing I was working through that year. Um, like I just very, very cerebral, uh, player, uh, obviously everyone is, is analyzing themselves. Um, but I found myself getting, uh, getting really stuck in that. And, uh, and so that was, yeah, that was really one of the biggest things that I was, uh, trying to, uh, trying to battle in, in that year. And then volleyball kind of was coming on top of that. Nice. So when you return to a school like McMaster, uh, I don't know this for sure. I, I've never worked with them as an athlete, but I have admired from a distance. It doesn't feel like Dave Preston's a big rah-rah guy either. So when you're trying to bring that level to a school like Mac, are you sharing information about like, this is the rotation they're in, this is how we're going to you know, run our trap block, or this is what we're learning for? Like, uh, Obviously, Dave demands intensity and communication as much as anybody else, but is it just a little bit more focused because it's information sharing that you're not looking for too much rah-rah? Yeah, I would say uh, I would say that that's a, a facet of our, our game at McMaster. I would say that it's important. Also, we like we have guys that uh, that are those those players still that are going to get a little bit more uh, vocal about things, and it's it's nice to have those guys uh, on the court. I know in my years we were a bit of a, a quieter team and more you know focused on. Uh, yeah, information sharing and, and that kind of stuff. And yeah, also sharing effective information and not just, uh, not just talking for the sake of it. So, And when you returned to Mac, it looked like, uh, I think everyone knew, and I'm sure Mac would admit probably they saw this in grade 10, that you were going to be a presence at the net and you were going to get kills and you were going to get a bunch of volume. But uh, I think a lot of people were pleasantly surprised how much uh, your, your other stats uh, jumped off were, now you're a great defensive player. Now you're getting blocks, but man, you became a really good server over time. I'm wondering how have you developed that skill? Was that something that you've always enjoyed about volleyball and got you switched on or did that year in Gatineau really prepare you to be, 
like a, a server that basically other teams are going to have to call a timeout. Again. It seems like when you're in rhythm and going for it, you're just lights out from the service line. Yeah, I love, I love serving. Uh, it's one of the unique things in volleyball where like you're the only guy touching the ball on your side, right? You have full control over it. And, and so, I mean, the, I've talked to a lot of different people about like being creative with this, with the serve. Um, so I find myself really interested in, in creative stuff off the court. And I've actually struggled to find ways to, to translate that into volleyball, but have definitely found that the serve is one area where I can get my mind working in that way. And so I think that, you know, my level of excitement around serving and, uh, yeah, just that, that skill is, uh, is special to me. I love, you know, trying to play around with, uh, with the receivers, driving one deep into the corner and then putting one short in another spot, looking for, looking for zones where, uh, where they're weak and being able to, to put them there. That's so interesting to hear that you're just not going back and trying to hit like your fastball that you're being pretty aware. When we had Adam Schreimer, the Trinity coach on the show, I was fascinated that their serving strategy really depends where the help comes from. Like is the middle back where they stacked, uh, where's the libero in the rotation? Like, is that stuff that you look for when you're being creative is what seem is an opportunity. If I want to drop it short, is the middle going to steal it? Like uh, how many layers or depth are you putting in when you're trying to be creative from the service line? Because I, I think an onlooker would say, yeah, Sam just goes and he hits the snot out of the ball, but you're right. You do like to move guys around. You have the short deep, you have some opportunities. Like, is there anything you can share a little bit behind the scenes of things you look for? Yeah. Um, there is some truth to, uh, to hitting the snot out of the ball. <laughs> there are, there are times for that. And, uh, and yeah, usually when I'm, when I'm going, uh, for a, for a really fast, uh, serve, I'm not thinking as much about, uh, location. Um, then I'm more focused on, on the speed and that's my, that's my weapon. Um, but yeah, like certainly for short serves, uh, trying to scope out the middle, seeing if I could take out a pipe, if that's, you know, what the team is running. Um, looking for a guy who's maybe a little bit out of position, a little bit more rare at the, at the international level, but certainly in, in university, um, if a guy's too deep, um, then I know that that's a spot that I can, uh, that I can exploit. And internationally, when there is such a, an emphasis on the speed and pace you're putting on the ball, are you cutting the court in half? Are you cutting into thirds? Like, are you picking on a receiver or are you just looking to hit your best serve just because it's everyone's good. Everyone's a good receiver. You got to put service pressure. Like uh, how much tactics go into that level versus like, you need to do your best almost every single time. Like there, there isn't a lot of opportunity to maybe take some off and then move this guy to his right or something like that. That definitely depends like from, from team to team. Uh, sometimes there's a, a definite serving target. Um, but then you'll also play teams where, you know, you're going to hit your best serve. Definitely being a, like a, a spike server. Um, I'm looking to usually put more pace on the ball than uh, put it on the guy. Um, that's oftentimes at least the, the system that we run. It's left more to, uh, to float servers or, or more tactical servers. Um, so I'm usually looking to hit a serve where I'm, where I'm comfortable if I'm, if I'm going to put some uh, speed on it. And then from there trying to, you know, maybe put a little side spin, um, a little bit of bite, uh, 
some of these different little manipulations to, to give the receiver a different look. So uh, I believe at the end of that season with Mac, uh, you were with the national team again, and I think you got to play under Dan Lewis. And I think you, were you part of the, um, I think it was the Pan Am cup that played in Gatineau. Were you on that squad? That's right. Yeah. And what was it like being on that team? Because uh, again, as you look up and down the roster, it seems to be guys you're working with at VNL right now. I think Luke Herr was the setter uh, and just like a, a bunch of other guys, but also some youth movements where there's young guys like you, uh, Cole was still in school. I think Justin Louie was just finishing school, uh, a fellow Mac guy in Jordan Pair. Like it was a nice mix of old and young on that roster. Uh, I'm just curious what the summer was uh, for you leading into that and knowing that that was going to be one of your peak competitions. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that was a, that was a really cool, cool team to be on for sure. Um, and actually getting to like have Dan as a, as a coach for, for matches was, uh, was really nice as well. Um, yeah, we were definitely, a, a really strong team. A couple of us coming off of, of, uh, some of the younger guys, that were traveling with VNL coming back to, to that competition and then getting really excited to, to play some, some matches. So yeah, it was a, it was a neat, uh, neat tournament. And is there anything that uh, you like to do when you have that experience? Like say you are a VNL guy and then you go down uh, to a Pan Am tournament and the roster shuffles a little bit. Is there anything you like make a point to tell the younger guys or do you really like them to like figure it out on their own? Like what's your leadership style when you get to work with like a new group like that roster was? Mm. Um, I would say I'm definitely like a lead by example guy and I guess taking the things down from, uh, yeah, culturally what we're doing on, on the A team, um, and just doing those things, um, and, uh, uh, and letting guys, uh, see that. Um, but I mean, I'm a young guy myself, so I'm, uh, I'm also still, still learning lots about how to, uh, how to lead at, uh, at those different levels. So. And obviously you had a busy summer playing VNL and playing Pan Am and just training and got no full time where when you returned to Mac, uh, obviously suffered a little bit of injury and you don't get to play as much. How did you deal with that? Uh, was the goal always to get you ready for kind of the end of season and nationals? And that was going to be clear with the coaching staff and the team. Like that's Sam's goal right now. Or was it frustrating for you wanting to like play that first match and first semester and try to battle back and play as much as you could? Yeah, the injury was, uh, was pretty tough. I mean, it was always the goal, obviously, to get me back as as fast as possible. Obviously, still being uh, safe, and I was playing it pretty safe too. Especially, I mean, first two injuries were concussions, and so I was taking that pretty seriously, knowing that my career was sort of just starting to take off. Um, so, yeah, that that took me out for the first half. Um, it was really nice to be back for the games against uh, Long Beach. Those were those were great matches, and then I was out again after that with uh, with an ankle injury. But uh, yeah, for for the most part, uh, it was cool to see other guys step up. And uh, at that point, I, I think it was a it was an okay time for me to uh, to take some time uh, off. Like it, if there was going to be a season where I had some injury, that was probably the best timing. So I've also looked at it like that. Um, 
it was nice that the timeline allowed me to be back for, uh, for the bigger competitions though. Um, and it was really nice that, you know, the guys were good about me coming back and, and being able to play there, um, and sort of, you know, passing the, passing the torch and, uh, yeah, allowing me to, to go to work again at, uh, at that point. And we've already talked about the depth at Mac and obviously you're out and Mac steps in and Zeus has a big year and Thomas Williams is just fighting for court time and, and doing a great job when he gets in. But uh, when Max goes down with an injury of his own near the end of the season, did you find yourself getting a little impatient at all that you wanted to come back or you guys just kind of stayed the course and it was it was Thomas's opportunity to kind of fight and prove that he can be an outside and a big part of the team or maybe a younger guy gets a look? Like, I'm just curious. Uh, I know there was a plan and everybody kind of started to it but it got tested there that when other guys started to go down right for sure yeah that was uh yeah for multiple reasons seeing him go down at that point was uh was pretty hard I, for me personally and also for the team he's one of my really good friends and so i was you know looking forward to to playing with him um when i was going to get back um and it was certainly motivation for me to uh to, uh, to be back. And so I was, I was starting to push a little bit at that, at that point to, uh, to see if we could move things forward. I was feeling pretty good already. So, uh, yeah. And, uh, fast forward a little bit, you guys are hosting nationals. Is it always a little bit more special? Like I think going to nationals is hard and you should appreciate it every time, but when you get a chance to play at home, does that make it that much more special? And, and then to get it magnified a little bit more that it's going to be Dave's last year. Yeah, it was, uh, it was really, really special. I think for, for all of us, uh, I mean, I know for myself, um, like I had watched nationals in that gym before and, you know, just sort of experienced the, the energy, the fans, um, what it meant to that team. Um, definitely, you know, understanding the history and, uh, and that stuff. And yeah, with Dave leaving, it was, yeah, it was a big one for us. And, we were really, really excited and really looking forward to it. And I think also feeling, feeling pretty ready. So feeling like we, we put the work in that we needed to. And you guys take care of business and you win a, a tough quarterfinal and you move forward to play Trinity. I'm curious before the tournament starts, are you guys already game planning a little bit of Trinity? Like I imagine you just don't save it for the night before the match. Cause you kind of predict the draw might work out a few different ways, but you might be predicting that you're going to play them in the semi. Uh, I'm curious how much Trinity talk was there before it was confirmed? Like is Dave big on let's take care of business winning a quarterfinal is going to be hard. Or did you start to maybe tactically think what you wanted to do against the Spartans? I think for the most part, we're, we're pretty, pretty business-like where we're, we're going to take care of this team and we're going to move on to the next. Um, I know a bunch of us have, I mean, talked about, about that, that matchup. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's pretty, pretty important to, uh, to guys at Mac, I think, uh, that, uh, that matchup and that team and, and playing them. And I know Dave was certainly prepared. And, uh, so yeah, our, yeah, I think our, we were we were ready for for that uh, that game plan. And what what a battle that semifinal was! I'm curious if you could be aware enough, I guess, to feel how you were. Because I imagine you were just pure flow and just battling. But uh, what did that match feel like? Because it, it just felt like both teams were siding out at such a high clip. Both teams were serving so well that uh, it was just a fun match to watch. But I'm wondering when you're between the lines, like, what do you remember from that match? For me. Uh, for, for a number of reasons, just based on how my season went, it was 
honestly refreshing um, just to play volleyball at that level. I, you know, I, I, I obviously know guys on Trinity and after the match, just going up to them and being like, Hey, like, you know, one of us had to win and I'm just glad we were able to share that experience kind of thing. You know, that was pretty special to be able to play a match that meant that much. And that was that like, just what such a, such a fight for, for both teams. Um, so I've, I thought it was really cool. Obviously you always want to come out on, <laughs> on the winning side of those ones, but, uh, yeah, for me, you know, winning and losing is, is not everything. And I play the game because I like playing the game. And, uh, so for that reason, it was, it was a pretty special match. So knowing that that's your, your attitude and how you like to go into matches, uh, did you find you were able to recover and fire up for a bronze match? Because I think the semi can be a little bit of a letdown, but for, to see you guys bounce back the way you did in battle and take down a medal, uh, is that just a, an attitude that maybe some of your teammates share that you were able to reload so quickly and get ready for that medal match? Yeah, I'd, uh, I'd certainly, I'd certainly like to think so. I think, uh, it was tough for us and like, yeah, I mean, it was pretty, pretty quiet after, uh, after the match while we were cooling down and stuff like that. So it was definitely felt, but, uh, again, like the messaging was, was clear from Dave and, and all of us were certainly on board. Like we have an opportunity here and because just because we lost that match, you know, doesn't really say a lot about how we, how we played or who we are as a team. Like we, we were right there with them and, we're more than capable of, of cleaning up, you know, what we need to do tomorrow. So that was, uh, that was pretty unanimous, I think. Nice. So the, the next day you guys take care of business, Dave gets the nice send off of, of taking home down a, a U sports medal in his last year. And then it feels like you got to move on to the next thing. Cause it happens pretty quick. Well, uh, it happens quick enough. I guess that was March technically, but you got to eventually report to Gatineau, but I'm curious with the coaching change, did you know you were on the long list? Were you in talks with like Dan Lewis? Cause uh, Thomas was still, you know, doing champions league and coaching his club team that I imagine like he didn't arrive in Canada until late May or even June. Right. So what was the communication about uh, what's VNL looking at? When do you have to report? When do you guys start training? Because it feels like as soon as pros over VNL starts, like it's such a gnarly season for you guys. Yeah. Uh, definitely faster for some guys and than other guys if you're going longer in the season. but uh it was a pretty quick turnaround for me i i definitely got some time off which was nice um i got less than i thought because initially i was going to be on the b team that was uh, where i was kind of slotted in um so i was expecting like you know two months and then i got a message to uh come in early for just some like a bunch of receivers uh, came in mostly, mostly younger guys um, sort of on the, on the B team uh, roster to fill some, some A team spots. That was the, the idea. Um, so I came in early for that. Um, and then, yeah, was, was around the decision for roster was made pretty, pretty last minute. Cause yeah, Thomas got in. Uh, I think a week before VNL started and we had some like ex exhibition matches uh, in the, in that uh, coming week. Um, 
So, yeah. And for you, did it help that you've already been on a team with Luke, that you guys already had a pretty good connection? Like how much can a coach or, or team really install in, in one week before you're going to go play at the, at the highest level? Yeah. I mean, even that was, that was interesting because Luke, uh, Luke came in a little bit, uh, last minute too. He was dealing with some, some shoulder stuff and was on, uh, one of the side ports, um, for, for a little while. So he had a pretty, pretty quick turnaround to, uh, getting ready for those matches in, uh, in Ottawa. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a, he's a pro and, uh, he was he was ready to to show up and he's really good about making adjustments with guys and, and communication and for for that quick turnaround you kind of just do your best and uh and learn as you go as well like just from match to match you have to be diligent about uh about improving and what were your first impressions of coach thomas like when he gets the reins and he arrives and starts running training sessions like uh it, pretty intense guy, pretty laid back guy, very technical. Like what were some things that stood up to you right away when you're in his gym and he starts running sessions? The biggest thing that stood out for me was, uh, his emphasis on culture, to be honest. Um, which I didn't expect, uh, initially. Um, but yeah, I mean, right from the, right from the jump, he, you know, set some things up and, and those things have, you know, continued. Um, yeah, he, he, he definitely understands the the mental side of the game and, uh, and the team aspect of, of the game, which has been very much uh, appreciated in, uh, in the A team. Um, and yeah, I mean, definitely like he, he was a player, uh, back in the day. And so definitely very technical, very knowledgeable, very simple, uh, style of play that we're that we're doing right now, and uh, that's also yeah really awesome. So, and is there anything uh, you can share to give us an example of like when you say culture, like what's a non-negotiable with him, or what's just like a common sense thing about how you guys are going to treat each other, how you're going to contribute to the squad? Yeah, um, I remember uh, one thing that. Uh, struck me it was in like the first week uh we were training with him and uh i had made a couple mistakes in a row or something like that and i was getting you know uh, like a little pissed off or something like that and and he just uh after after i made a mistake called you know the whole team uh lived just on our side like the six of us into the middle and was just like okay guys reset now we go um and that was like, oh, like that makes a lot of sense. Like to for a coach to be that involved in like how do we behave when we're on the court? Uh, he's very, you know, very big on don't, you know, don't get upset when you're making a mistake. Like that's that's gonna happen. Uh, we have a thing where like oftentimes if a guy is gonna make a mistake, we like he'll personally toss the ball for him to to repeat it and, uh, and sort of just be able to, to move on. Um, and I mean, that functions as a, a cultural thing where it's okay to make mistakes. Um, cause athletes are hard enough on themselves. And I think he understands that and, uh, and is willing to, to work with, with guys on that. 
And with you being a, a newer guy, I mean, it, it's a nice mix where there are some young guys, but then there's people like uh, Nick Hogue has been on the team for generations, uh, Van Burkle, like there, there are Jay Blank and now there, there's guys who have been through kind of the rebuilding of the program to get us at this level where we're kind of spoiled and we expect these results all the time. So uh, obviously uh, Thomas is a big culture guy and demands it. Was there anything you guys did as a, as a squad to make sure that everybody felt welcome and as a part of it? Because uh yeah, I'm thinking that there's guys who have played almost like three cycles now, and then there's guys who are in or maybe in their first year with the A team, right? Yeah. Yeah, I I mean, obviously I haven't been around, but I think uh, our culture in, in that sense is, is really strong right now. Um, just guys being really active about helping us younger guys come up and uh, – and understand, you know, what the expectations are, um, in a, you know, a firm, but, uh, but supportive way, um, where we feel like, Hey, we're a part of this thing too. You know, we're not, we're not the young guys. We're, uh, yeah, we're, we're all equals here. And some guys have more experience. Some guys have less experience, but we're going to bring it all collectively together. And, uh, yeah, that's that's emphasized and uh, and also followed through. Uh, there's definitely actions that uh, that back that up. So, and as the uh, the schedule progressed and the table starts doing what it does, what was the mood in the team room when we kind of had that must win game against China? Because I think we were close to relegation if we lost that match right if there was a, is there a couple things that needed to happen but that was a as much as a must-win game as i think we've seen uh this year what was the mood like was it was it nervous would everybody know was at stake or was it just if we take care of business if we play our system we're gonna have success like what what do you remember going into that last week of games yeah um that was definitely a a, a moment that uh, some guys showed some real leadership, I would say, and uh, helped us understand sort of what this what this meant to to the team. You know, if we didn't already understand and have that for ourselves, it was it was really like, here's what we need to accomplish, and let's all be really on the same page here. Um, and yeah, I think the feeling around the match was just, I, I would say like determination, um, just w with, with also belief, like, it's not like, oh, we have to overcome this team. It's like, this is our, this is our spot. We need to, we need to earn it, but we believe we can do this, but we need to, we need to be on the same page that that's, that's where we're at. And for this interview, you're joining us from uh, Ottawa, Gatineau area, like you're still training. Uh, I'm curious what Thomas and Dan and the other coaches have done uh, after VNL. Is there a little bit more time to install some stuff, some principles that they believe in? Uh, or what, what's training been like the last few weeks for the guys still in Gatineau? We've been doing a lot of cardio, actually, for the, <laughs> for the first little bit. <laughs> um, so that's, that's honestly been good, uh, just building, building our base a little bit physically. Um, to to sort of prepare for these uh, these longer tournaments, um, and yeah, I mean we're kind of just continuing to to do what we've done, just improve the the really simple things. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't say that there's just a ton of uh, new things being 
being taught or, or installed right now. It's it's more just, hey, hey, we know what we need to do. Let's continue to improve that. And for you personally, I, I don't think the rosters have been announced yet. Uh, do you have to get over to Poland to report to your club team, or are you sticking around in the fall? Are you hopefully when you get listed to that? I believe there's an Olympic qualifier this fall, right? That's right, yeah. And when do you find out about that roster, or have the pro leagues kind of delayed their season knowing that so many guys are still playing for their federations in the fall? So if I'm selected for that, I would I would go, I would report to Poland uh, uh, just a little while after that. Because, um, yeah, there's obviously other national team players that are, that are going to be at that tournament for sure, and uh, we'll go after. I think... Uh, Guys are, are still showing up to, to their pro teams and uh, getting things getting things going in the in the preseason a little bit for whoever's available, um, but it's not necessarily a a hard uh, deadline for for guys who are participating uh, national team. For sure, for sure. Well, man, this has been awesome just to hear about your career and obviously a big fan of your game in the OUA and then to see you pop off and have the summer you did with VNL and everything you're doing with our national team, which is great to kind of hear your story and hear everything that's gone into it but uh, one tradition we have on the show is just to tell a funny or unique story because volleyball's got some characters in it and even though you're playing at the highest level i imagine something odd or unique's happened along the way so hoping you could share one more story before we let you go yeah for sure yeah there's one that, that comes to mind i was pretty pretty young uh it was actually in club um and uh it's not necessarily like directly related to volleyball, but I was on the trip for volleyball. My, uh, my club coach, uh, Chris Marinovich is, uh, is a Polish guy. And so we were, uh, in 17 U we, we had the, the great opportunity to go there for, uh, for a couple of weeks and play some, play some teams and, and just, you know, see, see the, uh, the culture over there and stuff. And, uh, I remember one, uh, one evening or something we were, in the uh, the square in Krakow, and uh, some of the guys on the team were uh, were daring each other to uh, buy these roses and uh, hand them out to some <laughs> random uh, random chick. And, uh, and so my my turn came around. <laughs> I remember there was like a for some reason there was a gathering of people. Maybe there was someone playing like a a classical guitar or something in, just in the square. And I had chosen this uh, this girl that I was gonna go up to and, and give the rose to and pretty sure when I went up she just didn't take it and, and denied it and so I was like walking back through this crowd of people just demoralized everyone had, uh, had seen uh, this this failure take place so, yeah that's that's uh, that's something funny I remember and uh, yeah great trip overall not uh, not the best uh, best of moments, but a great trip overall. Yeah, that that's awesome. Those are the moments you definitely remember where it is a volleyball trip and you guys are going to be dialed in. But uh, give a, a squad like that a little bit of free time and you guys are going to find some sort of fun somewhere, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, man, this has been awesome. We'll be keeping an eye on the rest of your career. It's exciting to see what you've accomplished at the OUA and U-Sports level. And best of luck in your first pro season coming up and everything else you got going on with the national team. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on.